Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Let's see what we're going to talk about tonight. You know, um, the Sunday uh, before... When I was ministering that morning, and we talked a little bit in the middle of all that service, just just kind of off the cuff about responding to the Spirit. And so, you know, today I was in the office, and I had gone through two or three different things, and and I seemed to come back to that word, respond, 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 respond. And so uh, it's been cooking for the last couple of hours, and I'm not really sure how this is going to come out, but we'll see. How about that? Um it seems to have taken in the last couple of hours a kind of a different turn. I mean, I had a, a message I preached a couple of years ago on responding to the Spirit. And I said, I've got that in front of me, but I've made all kind of pencil marks all over it. So I suspect it's not going to turn out anything like the, the original edition. So we're just, uh, we're just going to find out. Hallelujah. Listen, the word respond, does anybody know what the word respond means? To exhibit some action or effect as if in answer. Let me read that again. To exhibit some action or effect as if in answer. Listen, our lives are a series of responses. You respond all the time to everything around you. Somebody drops something up there, you immediately do this. You put something that's very hot on your tongue, you respond. Everything we do, every action that we take throughout our day is a response to something. Something has caused us to respond. You know, there are involuntary responses. If somebody is in a coma, you can go up to them, and there are certain things you can, you can do, you know, and there will be involuntary responses. Sometimes you and I have conditioned ourselves so very well that, that we respond without thinking. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's not good. Somebody cuts you off in traffic and you immediately respond. That's not the kind of response we're talking that is a good one. You know, uh, somebody says something bad to you, uh, something ugly to you, and you fly off the handle. That's not a good response. But it is a response. Amen? Now, don't go to sleep on me tonight. Okay? No sleeping. I need you to respond. Amen. And see, it would make a big difference in any service for people to respond. We're going to talk about that some too. Amen. It makes all the difference in the world. How you respond in any service. Boy, we're going to get rid off track already. How about that? But there is a response in every area of our lives that needs to be measured in such a way to know that it's an accurate response. It's a good response. But, you know, there are times people don't even realize that they need to respond, and so you have to, you have to tell them. Sometimes it just comes. Sometimes it's not, it's not the best response. And so, you know, we need to just find out. What, uh, what responding is all about. You know, in the, in the physical world, the laws of nature, you have no choice. But to, if, you, if you walk off the side of a two-story building, you have no choice but to respond to the law of gravity. That's just, I mean, 
unless you're very unusual and we don't know about it. You know, there's some wings hidden under your shirt, you know, or something like that. Maybe you're part of the Avengers, you know, you got super secret powers. You are going to respond to the law of gravity the same way everybody else responds to the law of gravity. You're going down, folks. But, you know, in a, in a spiritually speaking, that's not necessarily the case. You know, physically, the, you know, the, the laws that, that keep this, this planet in motion, all that kind of stuff, there's certain physical laws that are in motion that you will respond always the same way. There's, nothing, there's no other way to, to do it. Um, when the spiritually, there is a choice. There is a choice. We will always have a choice to respond when it comes to the things of God. When it comes to the way we live our lives, we always have a choice of what our response is going to be. Um, go with me over to First Samuel, the third chapter. First Samuel. You know, so many times what you find out is people don't know that they're supposed to respond. Hallelujah. Let's just read this, and starting in verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Do you have that word precious? I've got written in here. Another translation says it was rare. It wasn't just, it just wasn't everywhere. It was just, it was just an occasional thing. And so it became, it wasn't something you could easily find. When you can't easily find something, it becomes rare. I mean, big old rubies are rare. They're hard to find. There's very few of them. So here, the word of the Lord, because it it was not to be found very many places, it was precious. Verse 2, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you did call me. And he said, I called you not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you did call me. And Eli perceived the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. He went on to talk to Samuel. Listen, there's, there's some times that when we're first born again, I don't know that we really understand that God is going to talk to us. You know, you, when you get out in the world and uh, they make fun of preachers and people who said that they, they talk to God because they don't understand it. Listen, it's not weird that God talks to you. Amen. It's weird when you say God doesn't talk to you. Because God's always talking. He's always got something to say. 
And you and I need to be listening for it. And see, that's what, you, that's what pastors and, and ministers are supposed to do. We're supposed to, to teach you to hear God and to respond to what he says to you. Because nobody can live your life for you, which means nobody can respond for you. You have to respond for yourself. You know, there are times when others, other people's response can, can pull you along. You know, it's, that's, it can be in a natural setting. It can be in a spiritual setting. You know, you go to a ball game, and it's the... It's, I mean, you're just maybe a person who's just very... I'm just, you know, I'm quiet, you know. I don't really do a whole lot. You know, I just, I'm just very measured in my responses. But you go to a ball game, and it's five seconds left in the game, and your team is behind, and somebody throws the ball. You're behind by two points, say. And somebody throws the ball. It's a big old long Hail Mary pass. Somebody crabs it and catches it and goes into the end zone. Ah, you won the game. There's no time. Ah. It's hard to stand in that crowd. And not become part of the response. I mean, really. I've seen you people. I know. I don't care how dignified you are. You know, something like that's going to happen. I suspect the dignity is going to fall right off and you're going to get right there in the middle of them. Now, let me put it this way. Somebody were to come up and hand you a check that you knew this person was good for it and say, here's a million dollars. I suspect your response would not be, Get here to take this, hand it back to me. Your response would not be, that's really sweet, thank you. I suspect you would take a look at that and go, your mind would immediately go, he's good for it. You can, yes, it's yours. I suspect there would be some jumping up and down. I suspect there would be a, some, something called an unmeasured response. I suspect you would not care what anybody thought. I just got a million dollars put in my hand. And it's a check that I know is good. I can take it to the bank tomorrow and it's going to be mine. I can walk out. Well, of course, I pray the bank wouldn't have a million dollars on the, on the premises. But you probably couldn't walk out with it in cold cash. But it's going to go in your account. Listen, we're going to respond at some point to something. We need to re- learn to respond to God in ways that uh, reflect his goodness in ways that reflect who he is to you. See, if you don't care about somebody, you're not going to respond to them. But the more you care about somebody, the more response you're going to have to that person. Now, you know, it's, I think I said this that Sunday morning. If, if, I, if pastor's trying to talk to me and I totally ignore him and just kind of look at him with some blank expression and I just, just go... Whatever. He's going to stop wasting his breath on me. Hmm. See, God's been talking to a lot of people about a lot of things. And they don't respond except with a, okay, whatever. Listen, you may not like what you're hearing But if God's talking to you about something, the reason you need to respond is because he wants to bless you. 
He wants to help you. He wants to get you from point A to point B. And you'll never get from point A to point B until you begin to respond to him. It has a direct bearing on how you will receive from God. You know, when when somebody told you that Jesus is the Savior, that Jesus died for you, that Jesus was buried, he hung on a cross, that he was buried after he was crucified, that he was raised from the dead, that he ascended to the Father on high, that he has paid the debt for you and me. There is nothing that God holds us accountable for, that now we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. What did you do? You responded to that by saying, I believe, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe, I believe. Everything God has for us, he puts out there for us to decide whether we will choose to respond or not. My life today is a reflection of the responses I've made over the years. Yeah. And we're all faced with times where we, I don't want to respond to that. I don't want to. See, and there are times I appreciate that. A girl years ago that just is a sweetheart, you know, but she had backslidden and she wasn't serving God anymore. And so I, I happened to run into her somewhere and, and uh, just was talking to her and just talking her about the things of God. And she said, Miss Angela, she said, I, I, just, I just don't want to. And I went, well, praise God, at least you're honest. You know, I can, I can handle that. I love something that, that comes out in, a, in an honest way. You know, when I, when I hear snow stories, you know, that thing that I want to say, stupid is not written across my face right here. Okay, so I don't believe that. You know, just, just give me an honest answer. That's all I want. See, that's really God, what God's wanting from us a lot of times. Just give me an honest answer. You know, don't give God excuses. And don't give him things that, you know, you, well, I don't want to do this because of this. And I want to do that. No, you just don't want to. That's all there is to that. You know, I can deal with that. When my children, I don't think they ever said I don't want to to me. That was not a choice that they had. But I, the thing about it was I expected them to respond. When mama talked, I expected them to respond. Now, I was, when I was growing up, I was, a, I was a reader. I loved biographies. And so my nose was in a book all the time. And I don't, can't tell you the times that my mother would call me to come do something, come set the table, come, come wash the dishes, come do this, come do that. And I'd say, just a minute, just a minute, just a minute, just a minute, until I felt my mother's presence. <laughs> and see, my children have done the same thing. Just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. And then they felt their mother's presence. See, God doesn't want you to say just a minute. I am, I am most happy with my children when they responded immediately. And that really was my goal as a parent, was to train them in such a way that I got an immediate response. Now, when I say an immediate response, I mean I don't have to go one, two, three. They, they were at their highest and best when they immediately responded. And but, but you know what? It, this, it's not just that they responded, but that they responded in the right way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we can respond, but we have to respond in the right way. And see, God's looking for children who are trained to be able to respond immediately and not say, wait a minute, Lord, just, just a minute. I, I, I'll get back to you, Lord. I, I'll be with you shortly. You know, oh, I'll get to that later. But to right now, right now, there's a blessing re- associated with an immediate response, not a delayed response. There are times in our lives where we do not have time for a delayed response. Any delay that we take in responding to God can cost us and cost us dearly. We may not have time to look at all the options on the table and decide whether this is a good idea or whether I have time or whether you have time or or whatever. It's just like respond. When you know the voice of God, see, that's the thing. Eli was training Samuel to hear God's voice. God's voice. And in the world we live in, there are so many voices out there that are vying for our attention, that are trying to get us to, to look here, look there, look there. Have you ever been, this is, this is so funny, I, I've, I've seen this, you know, we've got little kids. And uh, I, when, my, when the grandkids were, were younger, especially I think about the time Mia was a baby, you know, and Nate was a toddler, and Jack was a little older, and I'd go in there, and suddenly everybody's on top of you. Grand, nana, 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 this, nana, 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 and I'm going, okay, calm down, people. You know, I can only get to one of you at a time. You know, but see, there's voices in this world that are constantly at us, constantly, constantly. I mean, we're surrounded by things that are calling our name and trying to take our attention and, and say, do this, do that, do the other. I want you to hear Come You've just got to get to a place where you go, no, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I can wipe all that stuff out so that I can hear clearly the voice of my father. That's the one I want to respond to. I don't respond to all these other things, all these other circumstances, all these other situations, all these other people. I want to respond strictly to my father God. And sometimes it's hard to separate all those voices out. But the more time you spend with him, the more clearly you're going to recognize his voice. As a mother, I can tell you if one of my children sneezed in the back of the house, I could tell you which one it was because you're so familiar with that voice. See, we've got to be that familiar with God's voice so that no matter what is happening around us, no matter what chaos seems to be enveloping, that we clearly hear his voice when he's speaking. You can't respond accurately if you can't know exactly who you're hearing. We have to become so acquainted and so just, I mean, sure that that's God talking to me before you respond in any situation. God's got a lot for us to do. And he's looking for a people who will respond to him. Not to our own way of thinking, not to our own methods, but respond to him and what he has to say in any given situation or any given time. You know, we, we find ourselves a lot of times where we've already made up our minds about something. And so God's trying to talk to you, but you're not, you've, you've cut him off. You ever had that? You, you've got somebody you're talking to, but you know they're not hearing you. It's going in one ear and out the other. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I remember a, a joke somebody told one time about uh, it was a, a preacher, a doctor, and a lawyer that were out hunting, and they all three saw a deer at the same time, and so they all shot. So they all claimed the deer. Hunters will like this story. They all claimed that deer. And so somebody else went out to check the deer, and the lawyers go, that's mine because of this, this, and the other. I don't really remember the whole joke, but I just remember the punchline. Sorry about that, guys. So anyway, they all threw it out. Anyway, the person who went out there to check the deer said, belongs to the preacher. And they said, how can you tell that? Because the bullet went in one ear and out the other. See, you know, there are times when you can be talking, you can say and be saying some wonderful things, and you know it's going in one ear and out the other because people will not respond to what's being said. Amen. Don't have anybody like that in here. No, I, I know that. Nobody. Nobody's like that. But see, you know, it, it's a natural occurrence. How many times have you sat somewhere and somebody's telling you about something you need to do, something they want you to do, take care of at work, and, and you're just kind of zoned out just in one ear and out the other. You come back later and go, what did you say? That's not the proper response. Not the pro- now, see, now I, when we come to church, I love the fact that most of you don't sleep. I know it's been a long day, but you do what you've got to do. To stay alert in a service. Miss um, Veronica will not sit back in her chair. Have you ever noticed that? And I asked her one time about that. And she said, because she wants to make sure she's paying attention. See, she's already, she's already got herself in a place where she's determined to respond to what's happening in a service. And so she's going to make herself get into a place where her response is going to be Enabled better, heightened, uh, sure. I think the last time I talked about this, somebody came back to me and said, you know, because I was talking about responding in service. You know, you can respond by just saying amen, you know, or hallelujah or praise God or something. It's not the response. You ever watch some services on TV where the audience likes something the, the, the minister says and they, that is not the proper response. The proper response is, is this. Who's, where's my hanky wavers? Ah, oh, hanky waving. That's a good response. You know, those are responses. Now, after I did that, somebody came to me later and said, you know what? I made a decision that I'm going to respond to what you're talking about. And said, you know what? You, you have to really pay attention so you know when to respond. You don't want to say amen to the wrong thing. Oh, the devil's been after me all week. Oh, amen, brother. Amen. Uh, no. <laughs> so you have to pay attention. To respond in a service means you have to pay attention. Yeah. But you don't want to get in the habit of just, amen, 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 amen. Because, you, yeah, you, you don't even know. It needs to be because it sank in. It needs to be because what was said was something you went yes to. And when you say yes to it on the inner man, the outer man ought to respond. 
There should be a dual response here. And I'm so far off notes, it's just not even funny. Lord, have mercy. I know that there's many times when people come to a service, and over the years, this is, this is not as, as common now as it used to be years ago, because I think people have learned, and I, and I think that's wonderful. There, this happens in a lot of churches, though, where people will come to, to, to church, you know, and they sit in the service, 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 and yet they want to go, they want to spend an hour with the pastor. They want, to, they want to make an appointment with the pastor to sit down and talk about this, or talk about that, talk about the other. I've got this problem. I've got this issue. You know, and there are legitimate times to do that. But for the most part, what we were finding years ago, and what a lot of pastors do find, is that people aren't paying attention in service. You see, when you come into church, there's going to be an answer to your problem. It may not be in what's being said from the pulpit at the time, but something said from the pulpit can cause something for for you to be open to the Spirit of God saying something to you about your problem. You should never leave here without the answers to your questions. Pastor's big thing is I counsel from the pulpit. That's where my counsel comes from. But I heard a phrase last week, uh, This uh, one of the ladies out last week in the, in the uh, Pastor Debbie Simons in, in Merced, California, she was ministering one service, and, and she said something like, I, I thought I had written it down, but apparently I didn't, so I'm just trying to remember it as best I could. And it was, Um, if you won't take advantage of a full meal when it's spread out before you, don't expect to be spoon-fed later. I went, ooh, go, Pastor Daddy. Yes, go. I responded to that one. (laughs) But that's the truth. You can respond in the service, and you can get whatever you need in a service. And people sometimes carry their problems around for years because they're not here when the Spirit of God had the answer. When the meal was spread, the full meal was spread out, they weren't here. You know, not a good plan. And again, I am totally off notes. Uh, I don't think there is anything here that's got notes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, Mary in the book of Luke, you know, when God came to her and the angels came and told her she was going to have a child and all this, her response was, well, that, Lord, how, how can this be? But understand, you know, when we're talking about responding, responding the right way, her response to that, the question she posed to the angel was not one out of fear. It wasn't out of doubt. It wasn't out of being just like, oh, are you kidding me? It was one of faith. I'm with you. I mean, she already made up her mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this train here. I, I'm with you. Just how are we going to do it? See, God never minds you asking a question when it comes from a place of faith, when it comes from a place of obedience, when it comes from a place of absolutely, Lord, I'm right here with you. I'm in agreement with this. But when it comes out as a, why do I have to do that? You're not going to get much of a response back from God. I have, a, I have a thing that says no whining here in my office. And uh, I like to pull it out every once in a while and just remind 
somebody, you know, had it for the kids long, for a long time, you know, just, we don't whine, we ask, you know, we don't whine, you know, we, we, we talk, you know, see, God's not into whining, whining is not the appropriate response, faith is the appropriate response, it's yes, Lord, that's the appropriate response, tell me what to do next, Lord, that's the appropriate response, and all these kind of things, um, You know, if we don't respond, it means we're not a doer of the word. You can hear all the word. I mean, you can be full, chock full of the word. And it'll it'll wind up being all head knowledge if you don't do something then. And in doing something, you know, it will depend on what, what the situation is as to what the correct response is at that time. Somebody comes up here in the prayer line. For healing of some kind, their response is, yes, I'm healed. Yes, it's mine. No matter what the, no, the, the prayer line might be for, when you get your hand, get hands laid on you, somebody pray for you, the answer is, yes, that belongs to me, it's mine. Not, well, I don't feel any different. Well, I don't still, still don't see how this is going to work. But it's, yes, it's mine. Yes, I have it now. Yes, the answer is always yes. Even when God's talking to you about changing something, you go, yes, yes. A heartfelt yes, not a, oh, okay. You know, I, I, could, I could tell with the kids growing up, you know, when there was, there was the enthusiastic yes, ma'am, and the obligated yes, ma'am. You know, there's a, there's a place where they go, yes, ma'am, because they know they better say yes, ma'am. And the yes man was, yes, ma'am, I am going to go do that right now. I can tell the difference between those two. And see, God can tell the difference between those. And that, oh, yes, sir. Or the, yes, sir. He knows your heart. He knows where that response is coming from. Hallelujah. Uh, go with me over to, I'll just look at uh, a couple of things here. Go with me to first. Kings, the 17th chapter. Where did I leave my glasses? There they are. I want to show you here something. In um, verse 17, Elijah has found himself along a brook. And in verse 4, God tells him, he says, It shall be that you shall drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Interesting thought here. You know, there are many times when God gives you some direction. And he gives you very specific direction. And here in verse 4, it says, I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. There will be times in our lives when the blessing that God wants to put into us is in a specific place. It could be physically, it could be spiritually, but that's the only place it's going to be. 
You can't say, yeah, but I like it over here better. Yeah, but I like it over there better. You know, the grass is greener somewhere else, whatever. No, the blessing is where he said go. It's a place called there. When God says go there, he means for you to go there. Not somewhere along the, the path to there, but there. Anyway, it goes on. It says he went and did according to the Lord. Uh, let's see. Verse 6, the ravens brought him bread and, fresh, and flesh in the morning. Bread and flesh in the evening. Man, they didn't have to cook at all. Wonderful. He drank of the brook. After a while, it dried up. Sometimes we just want to camp out where, the, where we've been blessed instead of moving along. And in verse 8, the word of the Lord came back to him again saying, Arise and get you to Zarephath where it belongs to Zidon and dwell there. See, now we have a different there. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. You know, it's interesting that in the course of our lives, there's going to be changes along the way. Here is good for now, but the next part of our lives is going to be there. And so when you get to there, don't camp out there. Be ready when he says, now I want you to go there. See, there's a lot of there's in our lives. And so if we'll respond correctly to him, we're going to find that our blessing will continue as we make those steps along the path that he's got laid out for us. But if you go on reading through here, you find that he goes to, to Zarephath and came, on a, came upon a widow woman in verse 10. She was gathering sticks. He looked at her and he said, uh, get me a little uh, water that I may drink. And then he said to her, uh, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord lives, this is verse 12, as I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering in two sticks that I may go in, dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. There was a famine in the land. And Elijah said, fear not, go and do as you have said, but make me a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after, make for you and your son. You go down and you find out that all the days... They were there. That that oil and that meal never ran out. There's a lot to be learned right here. You know, he moved from one place of provision to another place of provision, and yet it didn't look that way. But because he responded, he was sustained. This woman and her son were sustained as well. There are people in your life that you will cause to be blessed because of your response. She and her son would have died had it not been for the prophet coming to her. Was there a blessing for the prophet? Oh, yeah, we look at the prophet and go, oh, yeah, God sustained him by using this widow woman. Listen, God sustained her by using Elijah. He sustained her and her child by using Elijah. She responded when he said, bring me some water. She gave him the water. But when he said, make me a cake, all I have is this. See, there were maybe times when God asked you to do something and you say, but Lord, all I have is this. That's all he wants. But he's not going to take it away from you and make you suffer He's going to take it and bless it and multiply it so that you have much more than you ever thought you could possibly have. Can you imagine what this woman thought when she made that cake and she brought it to him? 
She responded and said yes because she recognized he's a prophet of God. And she brought it to him and she gave it to him. And honestly, because of the way the rest of the story goes, I can't help but think that she did it gladly. Her response was correct. Had her response not been correct, how long would that oil and that meal have lasted? I don't know. But the way spiritual things go, I can usually say that my attitude determines a lot of what I'm going to get out of anything. But can you imagine her surprise? She's made him a cake. When she went back, and there's more oil in there. There's more meal in there. Oh, well, I just did serve the prophet of God. So, okay, that's great. And the next day, it was there. 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 One response can lead to a lifetime of blessing. A lifetime. Amen. Just one. I can't tell you the numbers of times that I can look back, and it was one decision that dominoed right down into a huge blessing. But if I hadn't taken that one response seriously, appropriately, accurately, gratefully, the rest would not have come. This woman's life, her child's life, and for a, for a mother, there's nothing more important to any mother than the life of her child. And God blessed her. So, was the prophet blessed? Yes. But this woman was blessed. But it was, it was responding. His response to going where he needed to go, finding the woman God told him to find. It was her response to him. And then God responded to them both by sustaining them throughout the famine. Amazing stuff. You see, God's still in the business of sustaining today. No matter what the situation is, no matter how hard things might be, no matter how bleak it might look, he's still in the business of responding to our needs, but it requires response on our part to receive it. God's not holding out. You, you hear what I'm saying? He's not holding out. His blessings are always present, always there. But it requires a response on our part to be able to receive them. And the better we become at responding, the more blessings we're going to realize in our lives. Hallelujah. God doesn't want to be ignored. The longer you ignore a person and the longer you ignore God, the less he'll have to say. I know pastor has said it this way before. He goes, you know, when God's talking to me about something, until I respond to what he says to me, I'm not going to get any more direction. If I don't respond here, he's got nothing more to say to me until I respond to this. And that's, that's true for everybody, really. Many times people wonder, well, where is God in there? I don't, can't seem to hear God. You heard God at one time. How, what was your response? Go back. Track it back. Track it back and just see. Listen, the best thing to do when, when people get kind of off course, go back to where you knew you were on course and start again. 
How many times have I gotten lost somewhere? I have no idea where I am. Of course, that was before, you know, cell phones and GPSs and stuff. And, and, and yet, the, the, the only thing I could think to do, and it's the only thing that ever got me back to where I needed, is to, is to retrace my steps back to where I was certain of where I was and start again. Things aren't turning out so good? Retrace your steps. See, where did I not respond correctly? Where did, I, where did I take a wrong turn? And go back and find your spot and start over again. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.